imagine having a career about like having a hat and glasses and being mostly topless. That's weird, isn't it? That's that's what that's my dream. Hello and welcome to Tea with the Morale Queen. With me, Millie Armstrong Clark, your morale queen in question. This is a show where I sit down with guests with a hot steaming mug of tea and chit chat our problems away to give you that much needed boost in morale. This week's guest is comedian Matt Hoss, and Matt was absolutely lovely. We covered a range of subjects from veganism, rock music, to talking about his tour, Here Comes Your Man. Now grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Matt Hoss. Hello, pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, good. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. Uh, it's uh, a Saturday morning and, um, well, every day is a Saturday morning for me at the moment. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going good. Um, it's uh, quite quite far into the lockdown at the moment and at the moment I've kind of learned to get into a routine with it and kind of be as productive as possible. So yeah, I'm feeling quite good. Oh, good. It's a lovely day today. It's really sunny and hot. Um, what part of the country are you in? So I... I live uh, just outside of Darlington in the northeast ah. County Durham. So yeah, just yeah. staying there. I live with my mum currently because I'm a comedian who does really well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I've got free podcasts. So why am I not famous yet? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, so it's from, okay. Are you from Darlington? Uh, not technically, but I'm in oh. the vicinity. Um, but I, uh, I. I grew up in Richmond, um, which ah, uh, Richmondshire, yeah. so uh, not not the one down south. Uh, so it's not too yeah. far away. So I was raised in the vicinity. Um, ah, I was born in Durham. Oh, really? Whereabouts? As in Durham um, City? Yeah, like in uh, we moved when I was three, so I can't really remember it. But my sister lives in Bishop Auckland. So oh, Bishop! It's, an, it's a nice Bish. area, isn't it? Well, <laughs> well, I actually work. Uh, uh, in Bishop Auckland, I uh, my, ah. my part time job is um, I work for Mind, the mental health charity, uh, ah, nice. and I I deliver workshops in South Durham, where it's you know there's certainly um, it, there's a lot of impoverished areas as well, so these people really do need a lot of uh, mental health work, and uh, and yeah, so it's good work to do, but yeah, I, I've I've worked in some rougher parts of um, yeah. Bishop Auckland, <laughs> and some of them yeah, it, it can be really uh, quite grim as well. I kind of miss it. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it won't be long before you're back. Um, have you got a cup of tea with you today? I do. Actually. Well, actually, I'll be honest. I do, but it's kind of gone cold because I've just been oh. writing this morning and it's gone cold. Should I go and make mm. a fresh one very quickly? <laughs> Is that rude? That's all- <laughs> no, it's fine. I just I did state you needed a tea, but it is. Fine. I do have a tea. It's just cold and unpleasant. That's fine. How how do you have your tea normally? Oh well, so I am um I'm vegan and sorry to mention this two minutes into the podcast, but I um <laughs> so I this is what this is right. This is how I make my cup of tea. Tell me if I'm wrong, because I uh, I find it hard to get the good cup of tea. You know, someone makes it for me. There's only a few people I trust to make a cup of tea for me. S- like, same, same. Right? Because like yes. sometimes like it's just like like if you don't leave the tea bag in long enough, it's like oh, what's the point? I yes. just have to drink hot water now, uh, milky hot water, and I don't yes, want that. Yes, thank you. Um, but then sometimes if you leave in too long, because I am I'm, I'm a master of forgetting. Uh, if you leave in too long, it's just like bitter taste in your mouth as well. Uh, mm. So it's the key of getting it right. And um, so my kind of philosophy, and I learned this from John Robbins uh, on his podcast, um, the Radio X podcast. Uh, um, yeah, and it's um, what I learned is that if you leave it in for thirty seconds, let it brew for thirty seconds, 
and then add milk and then take it out. That should be the right level. And the, I've never really gone wrong with that. And I think that's good. I, I use mm. oat milk. Um, oh, I use, like a bit of oat milk. Oat milk is really good. It's the king, uh, king of uh, uh, vegan milks, I would say. Cause, uh, I would re- agree, yeah. It's versatile. It's not overpowering. Some some of them are just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, some of them, uh, yeah, I, I quite like it. Uh, uh, I do like uh, oat milk, oatly in particular, or oh, yes, strong brand. Exactly. Oh, you. Yeah, I'm glad I've got you on the show now. You've said that. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna kick me <laughs> off a voice for that. All right. Yeah, the, but, that was the test to see if you're allowed. You had Alpro. Get the hell off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Um. This is the big test of what tea bag, what brand. Oh right. So uh, I think the one we have is PG Tips, but you know I've never really looked Oof. into it. I'm sorry. Ooh. Uh, I'll, I'll allow it because you said oat milk, but it's got to right. be Yorkshire tea. Well, you know, yeah, it's what, yeah. I think I, you know what, I, I, I've never really, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I've really thought about that. I, you know, what, I'll buy some Yorkshire <laughs> tea uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll report, report back. back. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember like because when I was a, a, a student and when I was here, well, like more like college days. I, uh, you know, when you like you start getting a little bit. Like, as a teenager, I worked, so I, I got a little bit of money. But I was also quite a um, fiscally-minded student as well. And I remember, well, but it was fisc- well, I liked saving money, but I didn't know that, I didn't really like quality, if you know what I mean. I would just buy, <laughs> but I remember going to Asda and buying 200 tea bags for like 16 pence. And that's not a joke. That's Whoa. like, and and they were like essentially dirt as well. But I liked the fact that I saved money, and I only got into hot, uh, drinking hot drinks quite late on in my life. Uh, like when I was like, uh, uh, like when I first started uni, really. That's when I started drinking uh, uh, tea and coffee. And uh, yeah, my philosophy was that if I only drank like the cheapest quality, like if I only bought the, the worst quality, I would uh, I would kind of naturally like that. So I'd save a lot of money in the long term. But <laughs> But that's that's ridiculous because like, I just had to force myself to drink really horrible stuff, and <laughs> and now I've actually tasted good stuff. I can't go back to the bad stuff now. And this is what exactly <laughs> what I feared. Exactly what I feared. Yeah, <laughs> well, you've shot yourself in the foot there. Yeah. Well, but then again, I rather yeah, you know, life's too short to drink like rat piss. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, get it's, yourself it, some Yorkshire tea. It was yeah. Well, honestly, yeah. Get some. I'm gonna get some. Yeah, Yorkshire tea is where it's at. I'm gonna. But yeah, are, are, are um, you sponsored I, by them? No, I should be. Yeah, <laughs> you do half the PR from. I know. Well, I'm. I was thinking if this kicks off in like ten years, <laughs> I might <laughs> message them and be like, "Please sponsor me." <laughs> I talk yeah. about tea enough. I should be getting paid. You don't. You did a whole decade's worth of PR at that point. So yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I'll we, be reeling it in eventually. Right? Would you ever? Right. I know this is your podcast, but this is how my brain works. <laughs> right. Would you? Would you get a tattoo of Yorkshire tea on your body for unlimited Yorkshire tea for life? My mum's gonna hate me for this, but yes. Oh my god! Yes. Where would you <laughs> get it, and how big would it have to be? Um. Well. I have thought that if I was going to get a tattoo, it probably would be of tea. I've actually got this. <laughs> so I don't have any at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And it'd probably be like a little teacup, like quite a dainty little one. Um, yeah. I don't know. Where's a good place? Like your ankle or somewhere? Nothing well, I, too I feel if you big. went for if you went for your like uh, your bicep or like your, I think that might be like it's too 
kind of masculine for a teacup. If you know, it's not like it's like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, you see the sailors with anchors. You can't really have a cup of tea there. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's uh, not the right vibe. <laughs> yeah, have you got any tattoos? No, you know what? I it's one of those things I really, really. I think I've wanted one for a while and I had, I definitely have the one in my mind for a while. And as I'd seen age, I've wanted different kind of ones as well. Um, but yeah, I just never got around to it as well. And uh, it's a lot of money and I'm quite yeah. indecisive person as well. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. But I don't know. Big I think, time. I think maybe after lockdown, I might give it a go. Cause you know, like I I've had this one in my mind for about, like maybe three, four years. And I think the general rule of thumb is if you like it after a year, you should get it. Uh, but, and I do have it in mind, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's, yeah, it's just something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really indecisive, but terrible. Even with things that aren't permanent, just terrible. Okay. What's your worst like case of indecisiveness? Um, oh, hard one. Um, well, it's quite ironic because you can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you mm-hmm. know what? I'm um, that I've been vegetarian for about fifteen years now. Um, yeah. Which it kind, of, I know it's like places are getting better for like veggie vegan stuff, but mm. it's kind of a godsend in a way because when you go somewhere and you know when there's only like one non-meat option, and yeah. you're like, well, I've got to have that. It just saves me half an hour. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good... <laughs> uh, right. We're, we're tapping into the zeitgeist right here because this is this is Matt Hoss content. Uh, right. So, um, <laughs> so because right, when I first turned vegan, like, uh, you're absolutely right. There's only like one or two things on the menu. But now there's like fully fledged vegan restaurants and uh, a yeah. lot more catered for vegans. And it's a lot harder because there's a lot more tasty stuff. Yeah, for sure. But now it's hard. It's like, oh, what do I choose? You know, it's like there's too much, you know. Yeah. Just, the halcyon days of having one option which was in <laughs> i remember going to right i remember going to a um meet my friends in newcastle once and um they travel up from essex and uh we've always had like a lot of banter uh, about my vegetarianism and veganism because i turned vegetarian when i was at uni and then uh, veganism in my master's degree and uh yeah and there was always a lot of um back and forth on that but they were meat eaters and uh but they also like uh, there was a lot of teasing but they were quite respectful about it uh in but uh, yeah and uh with that though like the um uh, but there was kind of times where they uh they, they were slightly less considerate about it not intentionally but kind of but uh, they took me out to newcastle and uh we were hung over one day and they went to a steakhouse and you don't really bring a vegan to a steakhouse but mm-hmm. we went there and the only thing i could get on that whole menu was a uh, was a uh, mixed pickles and and that that was it and um that's the that's the yeah that was not the best thing ever. I just had a jar of brine essentially. It was awful. <laughs> I love pickles, but I'd be gutted if that was my only thing. Like literally. Yeah, just that's pickles. it though, because you, you had a jalapeno and a pick. Yeah, not yeah. It's not mm. it's not it's, it's not even a side dish. It's like a entree. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's while you're waiting for not even your starter. Like before that, just while you're nibbling. Uh, and then the waiter was like, uh, um, "Well, if you're vegan, you can have." fish if you want it's like no I obviously can't it's like maybe macaroni <laughs> cheese it's like no I can't have any of those things like and he was like well I'm pretty sure now I know what a vegan is it's like well I am a vegan like you're vegan explaining to me vegan explaining I know I get that a lot with um people like oh could you have this and what would you do in this situation like well I'm not really going to get stranded on a desert island anytime soon so I think I'm okay 
Yeah, it's one of those things which is a, it's a well-trodden um, topic. A lot of people always ask about the Desert Island thing. And I um, I ran a vegan comedy club for a long time. And uh, and the best thing is I saw a lot of vegans do it, tackling that joke as well. Because uh, it, it's quite ridiculous. Like, uh, people always ask about what we should do on a Desert Island. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, without going too <laughs> deep, it's um, I think it kind of reflects back on people's uh, uh, defensiveness. And they're trying to make you feel uh, trying to push you into a place where you do push that uh bounds and morality just to make themselves feel a bit better as well but yeah, i don't know so there's, there's, a, there's a defensiveness there i think yeah i think so because there's so many there's so much nice things you can eat these days it's not like you're replacing it with something horrible yeah exactly so and i things. think i think there is a there's definitely there's a kind of a an idea out there that if you were to turn vegan, all you would have is salad, but that's so not true. And there's a lot of, yeah. and like, yeah, the, like, honestly, like, um, I, I remember seeing that, um, yeah, these days you can like, you can still eat a lot of junk food, which is vegan. Uh, and it's not oh, yeah. that, it's not that expensive if you do it right. But well, yeah, when you first start out, it will be a bit hit and miss because that's anything you start out is like can be difficult but when you uh oh, yeah, yeah I've, like, I've been doing it for four years and i've never felt better really you kind of learn to take it in pride there's so many good stuff out there as well and uh oh, yeah yeah Definitely. and i think it's um yeah people think it's just boring but it's certainly not like you'll learn improve your cooking and oh like yeah that. definitely and i quite like challenging myself like how can i make this but like I've, i like doing baking and mm-hmm. i do eat like I get my eggs from like a local farm and the chickens are like running about everywhere. So I like, I like to source things from like good places, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes I'll like challenge myself like, Oh, how could I make this without eggs? And then you, and then you make it. And then when you give it to someone, they can't tell the difference. You're like, ah, see, bit of an achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think nine times out of 10, they, you know, I think uh, you can swap it out and people won't really cha- like, change their mind. But you know, people always think vegans are quite preachy, and um, and I kind of, uh, I, I I actively try to go against that. I try not to mention it. I know I mentioned it two yeah. minutes into this podcast, but like, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, I just try to normalize it as much as possible, and people um, seem to respond to that quite nicely as well. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I just yeah, I just try to make. Um, make it seem like a less radical thing than what it is because yeah. it's not radical it's i think it's a, I know what you mean. a, a perfectly yeah. normal thing to do yeah exactly yeah and no, i agree um so i did know about your viva la vegans night and i've i've wanted to come to one but obviously i can't now but are you, <laughs> yeah. you going to be running them in the future well we kind of took a um sabbatical so to speak because um uh, for a long time um uh, yeah, I don't know. We we kind of struggled to get audiences in, and it's quite a niche thing, in all fairness. So we we only save it for special events these days. And uh, but I think once we're back, we might do like a a a lockdown, uh, unlockdown special just to celebrate with and have a nice time, really. So, but uh, that's good. Yeah, there's no urgent plans. And to be honest, um, the reason why I stopped doing it as much was that I um. Uh, I had, well, basically, I had my tour on the go and stuff like that, and I, I just, uh, I just, there's a lot going on, and I wanted to like, to pawn the pun, but put less eggs in certain baskets as well. Well, not yeah. eggs, but put less egg substitutes in baskets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, how did your um, tour go? Yeah, um, so technically it's uh, still not finished. I've got one date left, which has been uh, permanently postponed, really. Uh, and uh, yeah, but it, it was really good, actually. I am, um, uh, as you undoubtedly know, I'm not famous whatsoever. And doing this <laughs> tour was an absolute whim. And uh, uh, yeah, and uh, the show is called Here Comes Your Man. And it's um, a very personal show as well. So, uh, and it's about uh, like a, essentially about uh, uh, me falling in love and then having a breakup uh and yeah it's it's very uh a very honest show as well and it, it did it took a lot for me to write it and there was a lot of resilience there as well um uh, and, and you kind of see me grow in in the space of an hour as well there's a lot of change it's about one and a half years of personality in that show and how much i change in that show um and uh yeah it's um yeah, and uh, with that though, like uh, um, doing in Edinburgh, I really enjoyed doing it, but it was really stressful. But as a tour, I really loved it because I got to go out on a massive high, uh, get to finish the show as I kind of wanted to do it. It, it was like um, it was in the end, instead of doing it 60, 60 minutes in Edinburgh, I did about 75 minutes and it was a lot more, uh, the pace was a lot nicer. I really, um, it felt kind of polished. I really enjoyed performing it every time. And the audiences responded to it a lot more because in Edinburgh, there might be the fifth show they've seen that day, or, you know, it might be a drunken audience, but with a tour show, people are there to see you. And it's quite nice. If you know what I mean. Yeah, that's good. I listened to it. Um, you sent me the link. So I listened, I, I did want to come see it because I kept seeing you advertising it. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously I missed the opportunity. But, yeah. um, How dare um i listened to it and one thing that stuck out for me was um the fact that you saying about you were excited to see guns and roses oh yeah yeah i was absolutely buzzing when they were touring and um so they started touring around about the time that i got married three years ago this june Uh and the um the london tickets were so expensive and then my sister messaged me like, oh, they're in Paris the week after your wedding. And I didn't really, I, I mean, I wanted to go to Paris, but it's a bit cliche, isn't it, to go mm-hmm. for your honeymoon? So I didn't go for the romantic aspect. <laughs> you just went to see Guns N' Roses because it was a bit cheaper than London. That's but cool. That's a good story. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw them at Download Festival. And uh, yeah, I guess they're expensive, but like, I think... So, uh, yeah, download's really great because, like, you get to see amazing metal bands oh, all yeah. day. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was a good show. Three hours of pure bliss. And, oh, they, they even played the like, um, Velvet Revolver songs. They played Sliver, and, oh, yeah. it was good. It was good. Yeah, and I was pleased with that. They did, yeah, it was a solid three hours. Yeah, there I was... Uh, they knackered. There was one bit where it was like about a half hour of Slash a Guitar solo. I was just like, uh, yeah. come on, mate, like, play a different song. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, I, obviously this is legendary but you know you know like oh yeah play somewhere else <laughs> yeah i know because i went to see um the miles kennedy and the conspirators oh yes i love them absolutely love them it was brilliant um but yeah like you said the um slash went on a bit and um my but, friend who she was she enjoyed it but she like she came just because i wanted to come and she fell to sleep during Slash's solo oh my god <laughs> but he didn't realise so it's fine 
It would have been quite awkward. Like, all right, I'm going to stop playing guitar. Uh, hold on one second. Is that lady falling asleep over there? Because that's absolutely embarrassing. You know, he's very Yorkshire slash. You don't see that, but he, <laughs> under his top hat, he's got a cup of tea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, um, do you like the Mighty Boosh? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I love them. The, um, years ago, I bought the Mighty Book of Boosh, and there's like old Greg's paintings of um, different people. And there's one where he's, um, he draws... No, he does like a painting of Slash, mm-hmm. but with his eyes open, because obviously you never see his eyes, do you? But um, he didn't know how to draw his eyes, so he put some, um, uh, you know, the little labels you get on apples Yeah. over his eyes. So that's what I always imagine his eyes look like, <laughs> like stickers of apples. Yeah. Because you never see his face. Exactly, yeah. He must, he must have, like, tan lines over his, like, face, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine having a career about like having a hat and glasses and being mostly topless. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's what that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there eventually. Yeah. Just start incorporating the hat on your next tour. I don't think I would suit a top hat and sunglasses. It's too rock and roll <laughs> for me. Like the, the what I talk about in uh, in that bit is I talk about that in my heart I love um rock but i don't really look like it and um this is a podcast so you can't see what i look like but i certainly don't look like a, a guy with a nose ring and a, <laughs> a, a, a mohican i think i sound like a you know uh you know uh, i sound like a, a bad like a um, mastermind contestant you know what i mean that's the kind of vibe <laughs> i have <laughs> i know what you mean i love rock music and i like um like some what people might consider as strange comedy like, for example, people always seem to find it weird when they find out that I really like the League of Gentlemen. And I'm like, I don't get what... Because somebody was like, oh, I didn't expect that from you. And I thought, what, what should I look like to like that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, people can be weird like that. But, um, yeah, uh, but... you. What I also wanted to circle back on, like, uh, sorry for dominating your podcast, but like uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, you, you mentioned that you took friends to see performance as well. Because I do, I took, I take my brother along to a lot of things. He comes to see a lot of bands with me, which I don't, uh, I love. Or have you ever been to a gig? Uh, uh, what's the sensation like when you've been to a gig with someone who hasn't, like they're watching it, but you're enjoying it way more than they are. And they're just like, they yeah, only know one or two good. songs. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know anybody, well, obviously you now, but um, the I don't know anybody that's like massively, massively into Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, well, my sister is, but and she came to, she actually bought me the tickets to see Slash, but like, I just absolutely love them. So it's hard, isn't it? If you, if you like something that your friends, they don't hate it, but they don't love it. Mm-hmm. It does sort of ruin, not ruin it, but. It's not you're on such a high after, aren't you? And they're just like, oh yeah, it was all right. Yeah, that's that's it because it's just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And it's like, oh come on, like because. But then again, music is especially live gigs. It's all about emotional connection. It's about um, kind of a. It's about how you connect to the music. And um, well, and I've been recently, uh, well, before lockdown and uh, at the end of last year, I went to a lot of gigs by myself, uh, and I haven't been to music gigs for a while. And it was nice to go, but I also it's kind of not. I like it when people go by themselves because they're like, hey, I'll just do it. I don't, because people, there's a bit of stigma about going by yourself, but, and I don't think that should be a thing. Um, but when you are by yourself, and I I go to see most gigs about like 80% of the time by myself. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, 
it's a bit lonely. You don't have that thing to share with someone about. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it can be a bit. You just kind of drive yeah. in your car afterwards, and it's, that's that really. But, oh, I know what but, you mean. It is good when you go with someone, you're both on the same page, and like, wow, it was amazing. Yeah, that's it. You want that that thing. you both got to be on the same level of hype. I think. Uh, yeah. Especially because I, I, in July I was meant to go and see a band called AJJ, who I absolutely love. Have you ever heard of them? No, I don't think I have. Right. Have to check them out, listeners. Get out your Spotify <laughs> or other devices. <laughs> go and check out AJJ. Um, they were also known as Andrew Chihan Jackson, but they've changed their name officially to AJJ, and um, they are like punk folk band and they are wonderful they, they're they got insightful song lyrics the songs are like amazing oh what a, not for everyone but uh if you like them send me a message and we'll be friends <laughs> i'm gonna have to check them out that sounds good it sounds like an interesting mix yeah they it's it doesn't sound like it work but uh sean bannett who um is a singer and the writer of the songs is just like uh, a genuinely amazing artist yeah it's great and all their albums sound kind of different, not massively different. They still have that AJJ sound, but there's a lot of different vibes going on as well. A good place to start if you like punk music, um, Knife Man uh, is a good album, the 2011 album. And uh, yeah, Knife Man's great. Uh, and mm. it has a song called Distance, which featured in my playlist of Here Comes Your Man. Oh, it's, it's, nice. it's, the, it's one of the building blocks of uh, building that show, really. Oh, cool. I'll check them out. Um, oh, God, I love music. <laughs> yeah me too um it's just uh, this is meant to be a morale podcast but i've just i thought of something that really annoys me um <laughs> Go talking on. about gigs um how annoying is it when you're at a gig and you can see someone else's like someone's just looking at the phone and you're like just oh i hate just that so at, much look at the stage be in yeah. the moment yeah and i think um yeah i don't know why people do that and like, why go to a gig if you um on your phone and but if you're there to support your friend or whatever but like come on just like yeah, we for like we, two hours we really don't but i think as a nation we well as a society as a whole i think we really struggle with um kind of attention uh like we, we often have to look at our phones because we feel alone for a second do you know what i mean i think that yeah. um i think we really uh, what i've been trying to do is i've uh, been a lot more mindful as well so if you're gonna watch a film gonna go and see a band go and do whatever just do it if you know what i mean don't look at your phone during it yeah. and it's a way more fulfilling experience like uh, who has watched a netflix film uh, at home recently and haven't looked on their phone during it like yeah. it's it, it changes like you're not invested in it and i think if someone if a group of people have spent a long time uh perfecting that art form and editing it down at least like you can give them 90 minutes of your time do you know what i mean like otherwise why oh, bother yeah. You know what i mean like uh uh it annoys me, especially in cinema as well if you do it in a cinema you, you can f right off if you know what i mean like, yeah, <laughs> I, I i remembered it was a family-friendly podcast and then i uh <laughs> but yeah it's one of those you know what i mean like like if you do it in the cinema i will like I won't say anything, but I'll be I'll be very close to saying something. Yeah, you know, I don't like confrontation, but I will yeah. think about it. And you'll be yeah. my sworn enemy for the next like <laughs> like two hours. If you talk in the cinema, I'll I might break. <laughs> and I'm not a violent no, man. You mean it's awful. Not, not a violent man, but I I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're really into something. Well, um, it's yeah. I, I remember when I went to go and see Jojo Rabbit. 
and uh oh yeah that was good it was amazing i think it was such an amazing yeah. film um but oh, yeah. i remember at the i went to see it in the cinema and i was getting quite emotional by myself as well because it's quite an emotive film and then yeah yeah it was early on it was about like i went to see it at 10 o'clock or something like that then two older gentlemen came in for the next film but they arrived incredibly early it must be like an hour early so they just walked into the cinema took a seat quite next to me it, it better on it was like an empty cinema they kind of sat next <laughs> to me and then they were just talking i was like like they were quite clearly not here for this film and i was like this is right at the end why are you talking shut up <laughs> and they could see i was getting really angry as well and they didn't say any of that but i kind of glared you know when you give them the glare like uh, if, you don't, if you don't shut up right now i will like i will scream <laughs> like uh, and uh and at the end, I kind of walked past him very bitter. But they were like, just they were jolly old men. But I was also like, if if you do anything to disrupt this, like it's a very poignant moment. And you know, like uh, like the sacrifices being made, JoJo's uh, uh, becoming a better character. Don't yeah. ruin this for me. <laughs> I know what you mean. There's a. T- have you ever been to Molten Cinema? Uh, I haven't actually. No. There's a um, twelve seater cinema, and we went to see what's that. Um, yesterday you know that about the Beatles yeah. and there was this old lady behind actually we were the youngest by about 50 years and there was this old woman behind me like oh I recognize the actress oh what was she in oh, oh um was oh, she saying this out loud it? yeah and oh I was my. thinking oh I'm getting so I don't want to have to shout at an old lady but I'm thinking about it but why like you know why don't people have any decorum or manners you know what I mean like uh, <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean who goes hey this is a good time to start speaking and I'm the kind of guy like if you're watching a film with me and you try to strike up a conversation I have to go I have to do this I have to go let's pause <laughs> let's talk because I don't want to pause it but if you're insisting on talking I'm gonna have to pause it you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, do you know what? When when Rob, my other half, listens to this back, he is just gonna be like, "That's you all the time." <laughs> and I don't mean to, but things I don't do it in the cinema, but at home, things just pop in my head, and I have to say them. <laughs> absolute worst one, right? So, um, we what we went to see Muse in Manchester, um can't remember which arena we were sat down and I could see the person's phone screen in front of me because it was like slanted seats so it was like right in my eye line and I could clearly see what he was googling I'm not exaggerating he was I can't remember if he I think he was on YouTube um and he put in yeah he put in Michael Jackson's body leaving the house and I said to Rob I was like "He's, he's googling Michael Jackson's body leaving the house it was Honestly, I, mean, I couldn't what? believe it. I was like, yeah. "What? Why would you? First of all, why would you look that up anyway? Yeah. Second of all, why are you watching Muse and looking that up? Yeah, oh my god, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> oh, it's felt like in that phone out of his hand. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like you pay like eighty quid for a ticket. Just, just enjoy it, mate. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think hopefully, one of the nice things about, I don't think it will happen, but one of the nice things I aim to hope for for look after lockdowns that people will be a bit more respectful of shows and being a bit more happy that yeah. they exist if you know what i mean but then again um we've just had a lot of people do uh home shows so maybe that they'll be a bit more despondent and you know there'll be that mm. kind of barrier uh, i don't know we'll see what happens yeah i know what you mean i only started um stand up last year but i already miss it even though literally at beginner level 
but it's just it's just the nice atmosphere and you get to meet some nice people and I so i just miss that sort of night out what's been your favorite thing about starting stand-up what why did you uh want to start doing it because i remember um you come to me after a show right it was, uh, yeah, it was in york, in, right? um, yeah that the was basement. the york fringe yeah yeah um, so, so i'd been thinking about it for a while and then i just thought do you know when you just have one of the moments you're like a bit like right now actually where you're just like life's too short let's just mm-hmm. go for things and my dad got really ill and I was like right I'm not going to waste opportunities what do I want to do I want to um I applied to be on mastermind <laughs> oh cool cause, yes cause I'm super thick but what subjects did you put down for because I also um, applied to mastermind oh did you um well I put, <laughs> there weren't intelligent subjects. I really wanted, to, you know, Peep Show, the TV show. Yes, yes. That was my, that was the one I wanted. And I think my backups were like um, like Alan Partridge and um, oh. Flight of the Concords or something. So it wasn't anything like the works of Shakespeare. No, but I think they're good, though, because they're, they're specific enough for it to be uh, really interesting. That's really yeah. good. Because I do, I do know too much about Peep Show. Oh, shall um, I ask you a couple of mastermind questions about oh, future now? No, go on. I'm probably going to get them wrong. I can edit it, so I get. Them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go on, go for it. Okay. Um, oh, let me. Do you want hard ones or? Uh... Oh, go on, go on. I'm probably going to oh, get it wrong now. In a. Okay. Um, oh, I'm. Get, I'm also now. I as a quiz master, I have to think off the top of my head. But, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Who? Is the actor who plays Mark's new flatmate in season nine replacing Jeremy? Oh, Tim Key. Correct. Oh, that was a good one. Yes, uh, get in. Uh, what? Uh, I'll try and make this as family friendly as possible. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, can you edit this one out just in case? Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, but um, what's the name of the um, uh, p- pleasure assistant uh, in, in the draw? <laughs> Uh, Kenneth. Yes, <laughs> well, <laughs> I had to rig work for that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> Pleasure uh, assistant. Okay, uh, what is in season one? What are the names of the people who live next door? Season one, um, is it Tony and Tony? Tony and Tony, correct. Yeah. Oh, was, well, I, I, I'm a bit too nervous to think of anymore. You're really good. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I got them right. Yeah. So me like oh yeah i know everything about peep show and then if i got them wrong it'd be well embarrassing i don't know everything about peep show wait you're a mastermind now you you get the matt hoss mastermind trophy (laughs) yeah on when did you get a phone call back from them oh no uh quite interestingly i uh i applied for it in 2016 when i was in my master's uh doing my master's degree and then um about like it was about like last year, or like the end of last year. I just got an email from BBC saying, "Oh, just to let you know, we've uh, unfortunately we've had to reject your application." It's like I sent it three years ago. Like, well, <laughs> I guess that was the case. You didn't need to send this email. I got a woman ringing me up, and I wasn't ready. I was like hanging, washing out. And it was like an unknown number, so obviously I wasn't prepared. That's my excuse. And she asked me about 12 questions, and I got about two. They don't tell you how many you've got right, but I know that I definitely got two right because I knew I knew they were right. But the rest of them, I didn't have a clue. Ooh. But they were really hard. It wasn't peep show questions. It was hard stuff. Like generic question? Yeah, just about anything. So, oh, well. But, so yeah, so that didn't work. But I was like, I'm going to try stand-up. 
and um, I did. I went to an open mic night at the basement about a month mm-hmm. after that show where we met you. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I just thought, yeah, I definitely want it. I was so nervous before, um, but I'm glad I did it. I feel like it's good to push yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, life is really for putting yourself out there, I guess. Like, uh, I don't think like you should ever be in a point where you're not growing or you're not um, yeah. uh, finding something new. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's nothing wrong with just having a simple life, but I think I'm the kind of person that always wants to learn and do stuff, and I never want to be static in that way. And, uh, yeah, I think there's always a new challenge that you can overcome. I think there's yeah. a there's a good quote. I'm not sure if it's by anyone in particular, but it's um, that an intelligent person uh, always knows more to learn. And I think that's a, and, and that's not to say I'm intelligent, but it's just to say that I think there's always merit in taking on something new. Um, don't overload yourself, but I think there's like, yeah. And um, tying it in with the morals as well. I think, um, yeah, uh, m- morale even, uh, and yeah. uh, uh, morals and morale. Uh, but with, uh, yeah, tying it with morale, I, yeah, I think um, I, I learned that to, like, by doing stuff which uh uh it, it, doing activities which were full of self-love and learn i learned to kind of build that resilience inside myself and kind of respect myself a lot more and uh yeah i don't know i think it's um it was uh, doing that kind of stuff can allow me to become the person i am today really it was the building blocks of who i am and i think uh without that growth i would have just been permanently self-loathing so i think it's a good oh, thing to do yeah oh no it is definitely and i think if there's no point thinking, oh, I really want to try this thing, but I'll just leave it till next year or whatever. Just yeah. Go for it. So I've been like proper preaching to everyone, like, if you want to do something, you go for it. Just oh, don't hold back. Not, I don't mean stand up, just whatever people want well, to do. Because a lot of people do come up to me saying like, um, um, well, yeah, they're like people are always like, oh, uh, you know, I would love to do this, and but I, you know, it's like, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> like, why don't you do it? I mean, like, uh, like life's too short to kind of uh, like, like, like waste it away. You know, so I just oh, kind yeah. of, yeah, I, I understand people have responsibilities, but also like you're still a human being. You deserve to like fulfill any dreams, you know. And I think that uh, without going too like heavy, um, like uh, I think uh, a large. Like, I, I work in mental health and uh, I think uh, like a large part of like what depression manifests itself as is unfulfillment. It's a, uh, it's that kind of like um, it's your kind of your soul kind of crying out saying, you know, you don't feel like you've achieved as much as you do. And uh, yeah. And I think that like, yeah. Why wait trying to, uh, I, I think you've got to go out there and try and do what you want. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if, yeah. if, and that's not necessarily, just be happy with um, the things you want in life as well. Like, and it, it doesn't, it's very personal to who you are, but I think you've got to, uh, you've got to strive for those things and they aren't going to be handed to you. You know, I think you, you, that you could grow into those things if you want, but I think it's, um, yeah, you've got to, you got to fight for it. I think. Oh, that's true. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. I just had this like brainwave of like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I've not done that many gigs, but, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've met so many, you meet so many different types of people, don't you, I've found. And on the open mic circuit, most of them, uh, you won't see again. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the, yeah, there's, 
Um, I think open mic comedy is um, the most wonderful but strange time you'll ever have in comedy. Because uh, what's uh, what's been the weirdest gig that you've ever been to? Um, I went to one that was in the oldest pub in Leeds. And um, the, when I was on, there was like two men in the audience that weren't comedians. And it, my bit was fa- like it went fine for it as well as it can for two people in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the last three people um, were just about to go on. And then this team of literally the worst men in the world <laughs> came in, like, really rowdy, really drunk, shouting all sorts. And I thought, wow, if I'd been going on now, I just wouldn't have got up. It was just awful. And credit to the people who got up and actually did their bit because that was tough. You know, when you're watching something and you're like, oh, this is awful. Absolutely. Not not the comedians, they just the just the the room just it felt awful because they were just so rowdy and horrible. But the thing is, the more you uh, the more you do gigs, the more you learn how the room is really important for it to succeed because if you do it in the wrong room it's not going to work um but yeah so having it in a room where eight random men drunk walk in that's really not ideal um and with a lot of open mic gigs you're doing it in the worst room as possible but that's yeah. how you learn to get quite good at it though you learn to make it work do you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm, I'm getting i've not done many gigs but i'm i can see the improvement from like the start to now mm-hmm um, but I still get really nervous. Yeah, well, you know, like in our fairness, you like how many gigs have you done? Was it like four? Like, only like eighteen. Eighteen's uh, good, you know. Like, uh, but you know, like of course you still get it. Like if you um, you know, like you're still learning to walk, you know, and uh, That's true. and even like the first hundred gigs you do, you're still a, a newbie. At it, do you know what I mean? You just have to learn and grow. Like same with podcasting. Like you have to put yourself out there for it to work you know so yeah you kind of learn as you go and and even when you're more experienced at it, you still get nervous as well you still especially when there's gigs with pressure on them like if you're doing a gig at a club you need to impress certain people you kind of have that yeah. nerves but it's just about dealing with them as well it's about learning how to process them because like what i've learned is that you can't really avoid stress in your life you know you we can't go uh, uh, our lives are too uh, human lives do have stressors you know we, we 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 can't ever go without them but it's about learning how to process and deal with That's them true, in the yeah. in the right ways as well it's to uh it's to bounce forward not just bounce back you know yeah sounds like alan partridge yeah yeah <laughs> bouncing back um i actually <laughs> i did a, I did a um a school presentation uh for uh, about mental health and i used that phrase bouncing back uh, and uh i put a slideshow uh put that picture of him with the on the cover and uh no one appreciated but uh you know when you do those things like yeah i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just for me yeah oh, that's cool i like that so how long have you been doing stand-up Ooh, good question. So I started, oh, God, I'm going to be old. I think it was about five years ago. Um, when, when did I start? No, maybe longer. Maybe about six years ago. Oh, shit, I'm old. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, it was in my second year at uni, I think, uh, was my first gig. Uh, but when you do comedy, it's kind of um, 
exponential because when you first start out, it probably is like one gig, and then about five months later, you do another gig. Uh, but the more you do it, the more like rapidly you do gigs and stuff like that. Um, until there's a pandemic, and you have to stop. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, but yeah, I um, so I've been doing it for about uh, five years and uh, five six years. And uh, yeah, and I also did a master's degree in stand up comedy as well. Uh, so yeah, and I learned it through that way as well. And yeah, it's it's been quite um, it's been really fun. I really love comedy and it's been kind of the backbone of who i am really uh and it's kind of given me definition and texture in my life as well um, oh good it gives you a focus as well to, when you find something you're really passionate about whatever it is uh yeah beforehand i was just a background figure and i, I was kind of ignored but now it's kind of made me uh, have a voice have a personality and express myself in in a way that i can't really express myself in any other way uh, a lot of people yeah, I don't know. I just don't think I ever had that platform to talk about me. And I think I've always wanted that in my life. I always wanted a way for me to express myself. And comedy was the first time I ever got to have that chance. Do you know what I mean? I think I, yeah. beforehand, I was a background person, uh, which a lot of people took for granted. And now I am in the foreground and people take me for granted. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, no, joking. But yeah, it's one of those things where I, um, yeah, it made me just uh, appreciate who I am a lot more as well and embrace that as well. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I feel like I'm I'm not a shy person, but I, I'm not like the centre of attention gobby or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I think that surprises people when I say that I've tried stand up because they're like really you i think they imagine that yeah they imagine that um you need to be constantly cracking jokes and like oh look at me all the time type but that is that isn't the case the more people i meet i realize it's not always the loudest person in the room is it no yeah and i i really resent when people like uh in real life oh tell us a joke it's like that's not yeah you or who i am you know and <laughs> yeah i mean like uh and it's I wasn't the thing is I'm a weirdo and the whole persona <laughs> is that I am I am relatable but I'm an outsider on stage I'm a person who is like well this is weird and uh <laughs> my endearing charm and go yeah that is weird but you know I I kind of connect to that you know that's the whole point uh there's a bit in my my show here comes your man uh it's uh I there's a there's always a bit that kind of split the wheat uh, the wheat from the chaff and uh, there's a bit where I start screaming uh, at a person who I fancy uh, <laughs> who I fancy uh, because I'm quite an intense person and that bit uh, in Edinburgh it would uh, either there was three types of people three uh, there was people who thought uh, well there's there's people who didn't like it and it kind of ruined the show for them uh, uh, there was people who enjoyed it. Uh, but the final group of people were the people who really loved it, the people who got that. It was like, yes, that's mine. That's, that's, you know, I totally get that. I've done that myself. Yeah. And that was the most out there and vulnerable thing of that. Well, it wasn't the most vulnerable, but it was the most out there for me because it persona wise, I'm quite a nice, happy, chappy guy. But then there's this bit one shouting on, like really screaming on stage. Like, uh, and that's out there for me as well. And, and yeah. so to have someone uh, go, that's my favorite bit. When you lose your shit, that's my favorite bit. And it's always for them, 
people. That's the thing you've got to do. You've got to make it for that person who's like, yes. And that person's going to be like a, a fan for life. You know, they're going to re- remember yeah. that. And that's what you do it for. That's why you do it. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad that it went well while you were still able to be out in the world. But <laughs> and hopefully yeah. it won't be long before you're back at it. Hopefully. So before this, I said, um, did you have any sort of, a story what sort of stood out to you as like a time when you or somebody else has boosted your morale in any way in any situation at the start of like 2018 well at the start of 2019 I was just kind of like sad and uh, like kind of depressed and yeah like things weren't going well in my life I hated myself hated comedy uh I had like very very single and uh yeah I, I just really didn't have anything I was uh, and but I kind of uh, put a lot of activity into my life. I started running for the first time. I started learning uh, uh, piano and uh, started uh, uh, working in mental health. I got a lot of fulfillment, which I didn't otherwise do. And yeah, it just allowed me to uh, become independent and come happy, really. So that's, yeah. That's lovely. That's great. Um, I got into running a while ago um, and I haven't done it for ages because uh, right it's brilliant and then I've got this really stupid part of me that I'm either all or nothing so I either don't do it or I push myself ridiculous amounts and then put myself off whatever it is yeah so I got really into it and I was like right I'm gonna sign up to a marathon and I couldn't I could just run about three miles at this point and then I was following a marathon training plan and then I decided that I was better than the plan so I was going to push myself so I I went from running like maybe like six to eight miles was pushing myself and then I went for a run and pushed myself run 15 miles and then I couldn't I couldn't see properly because everything was like blurry and horrible and I think I was just super dehydrated and really really hungry Oh my god! That's and I couldn't see. It was awful. Just... So I've sort of scared myself off running, and I really want to get back on it because it does have great um, mental health benefits when you do it properly and not be an idiot with it, like me. Millie, can I just say that's the worst story I've ever heard? Uh, that is catastrophic. <laughs> that is like, like it's a good anecdote, but my god, I like that was uh, like that's that stressed me out. Like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> like why wouldn't you have a like? Why wouldn't you just like? Go, like, uh, 50 miles is probably too much or like have any water with that you know what I mean that's ridiculous you know? <laughs> I, I don't know it, it's I've, got it saved, I've got it saved on my phone on the like the app on my phone and sometimes I look at the route and I'm just like yeah I can't believe I did that and then I nearly died well that's massively exaggerating I didn't really die I just made mm. myself really sick I was like for the rest of the day I was growing up and it was horrible but um I, I really enjoyed it when I was running about six miles well, maybe That's like a nice, uh, comfortable distance. Well, maybe just don't just just don't do fifteen miles, which is like <laughs> that's that, that is like you know, like an Alan Partridge where he's like, I, I've driven to Dundee in my bare feet. Uh, like, <laughs> like that's essentially uh, what you did. <laughs> I, know. I had to um, I had to phone Rob and tell him to come and get me, <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was just I've managed to get to a pub. Um, and I was just sat in the beer garden and I said there was this man having a fag and I was just like please don't leave because I'm scared 
Because everything was um, even trying to look at my phone to ring Rob. My my all the like words on the screen were like jumbling about. You know, like when you're really drunk and you, everything's mm-hmm. just everywhere. But it was yeah. Don't do that, anyone. You should definitely don't, don't try that. Definitely make that into a stand-up routine. That's really. Cool. <laughs> oh, I know. I just I, if, so... if you ever do a friend show, put that story in and make it last like fifteen minutes. It's great. <laughs> a mile for um, a minute. Yes, every yes, mile. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that <laughs> you're still into running yourself. Uh, well, at the moment, like in lockdown, I'm finding to struggle to go out because I usually had a, a local thing. I would have like structure to my week, but now I don't. And it's hard to kind of motivate myself. Um, I do it when possible, but I also like this week, I just can't be honest with you. Know what I mean, and I've been putting yeah. a bit more weight, but I'm kind of like, I'm not like, I don't need to run at the moment, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, and I probably should run because it's healthy, but I also, I, I, I find it difficult to buy myself. I, I enjoyed the social aspect of it, to be honest, and it's hard to do about that. Oh, that's, I'm the opposite. I think I like the being on your own aspect. Well, I like l- running and listening to music, but it just I'm quite busy at the moment as well. So, it's, and it's not exactly I have nothing to do. Uh, so I just feel a bit like oh, I just like, I can't be bothered. It it just takes up a lot of time. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have time to write, run 15 miles by myself. You know. <laughs> oh no don't yeah don't take advice from me yeah it's the worst thing thank you very much for being on the show um is there anything you'd like listeners to look up that you've been up to yeah uh so i as mentioned i i have um uh, I, I did my show here comes your man i recorded uh, a, a audio version of it in uh, london uh, and it's on my website uh, or you can find it matt hoss at bandcamp.com it's called here comes your man like the pixie song and that's what i talk about and uh uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a really good hour, uh, and I think it's uh, really worth it. And you, you can donate as much as you want. I think the minimum is four pounds, but I think it's uh, you can put as much as you want. I think it's a really good show. Please support that. Uh, or if you wanted to uh, uh, see me do some lockdown stuff, I'm doing uh, daily Twitch streams as well. So if you like me playing video games and just messing around, do follow me at Matt House Comedy there, and follow me at Matt House Comedy on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else. So yeah, it'd be good to have you. Oh, thank you very much, Matt. Pleasure. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this lovely day. Thank you very much. You too. You can follow Matt and find out more information about all his creative content at Matt Hoss Comedy. You can follow me and find out more about me at Mill Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you very much for listening to this week's Tea with the Morale Queen with me, Millie Armstrong Clark. Don't forget to review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on and I'll see you next time. Now go put the kettle on. Bye!